today on Laura Lynn and Friends. On the internet, there is a very famous photograph, a big food store. You see these shelves, endless shelves with fruits, nuts, vegetables of all kinds. Um, and then they remove everything uh, that is dependent on pollinators. And after that, the store is practically empty. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. It's good to see you. Uh, I am fresh back from Calgary, Alberta, and it's it's 23 below, and it's minus 30 wind chill factor. And I, I had to ask many, why, why do you live here? Um, and then they told me that the spring, summer, and fall are beautiful, and it's only this little bit of time. <laughs> and... When I was there last weekend for another event, um, that it was minus 11, and I thought that was cold. But then I got back here to BC, and it was minus 11. So it's you know it was kind of the same. But now, right now in BC, we've been doing minus 14, minus 15, depends where you are. And so now I'm asking myself, why do I live here? Uh, but of course we know it's because where family, friends, and loved ones are. And we adapt to this cold and we don't, we don't let it stop us no matter what is happening. We just go, we can do it. We put on our parkas and uh, our um, down, down jackets and, and snow pants. I now like to wear that wherever I go. Uh, so that's how it is. Uh, we have an amazing guest. Professor Oli Johansson is with us today. And before we do that, I'll just read from my beloved father's Bible. He passed away just over a year ago. I miss him a lot. And he has underlined so many scriptures. And today, um, I'm going to read to you something he underlined in Mark 13, talking about the end days. He underlined it in red. Um, it says, and then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost parts of the earth to the other... To the uttermost part of heaven. And um, that's kind of cool. Um, I think that's talking about the end days and what all goes down according to the word of God. I guess God's going to gather us, the elect. So I hope I'm one of them. I really do. Um, I'm trying to not do so many things wrong. Sometimes I think I'm facing a little consequence right now, if I could be honest. I won't tell you what it is, but. I think I made a decision and, uh, and I'm not certain that God told me to make that decision. And now I'm bearing some consequences of that. <laughs> so have you ever done that? You know, God is such a, a gracious father, the way that our mom and dad are, are gracious and kind. If, if you had a good mom and dad, you know that even when they discipline you, um, they do it in love and they let you know sort of where you messed up. And then they say, you know, uh, you're going to have to just get through this because you did it and it'll be fine. So it's nothing very serious. And that's why I feel I can talk about it. If it was super serious, I would just be crying a lot and you'd see my eyes all puffy and then I just, I wouldn't be able to say anything. Uh, it's not something unconquerable. It's just that I, I think often we can, and I think it's a good life lesson that we don't just go about uh, choosing uh, which, which path to take without consulting God very intensely. Because just a little thing, when you veer right, when God sort of wanted you to veer left, that's a problem. And so then you have hopefully just a short period. And that's all I have, a short period of 
of dealing with something where I, I made a decision on something and I don't think it was now the right decision. I don't think I went, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I think we should ask him about every single thing we do. I think we should ask him. And then if we do, we end up doing the right thing. And so anyways, that's something I'm dealing with. If you have any advice for me, just send it in an email. But but no, um, no, no pounding on me, okay? Because, you know, I already do that to myself enough. <laughs> all right. We'd like to invite uh, Professor Ole Johansson to the show, and we appreciate all that he's done. We've had him on before. He is quite an expert, and I'd like him to tell you uh, a little bit about himself to get started. Professor, we just love you. We appreciate that you oh. take time for us. And I know also that it's very late there, so we're sorry to keep you waiting, and we're very grateful. Oh, well, yeah, thank so Tell, you. Tell, tell us all where you're coming from exactly right now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. I very much loved it. And it kind of rhymes very well with my own thoughts about my research engagement. And, you know, I don't want to stand in line for the pearly gates with St. Peter and he telling me, why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you present? your knowledge to a wider audience. Why didn't you try harder? Uh, it's better that he says, well, you did the best you could, Ulle. You couldn't do more, so warmly welcome. And I think many people nowadays, they look more to their personal profit, uh, greed, gain, uh, money, and that kind of things, instead of re reaching out to people and helping them as good as they can they can and that's something I have tried to kind of inject into myself the last years or decades to always bring joy and happiness to people even in very hard and difficult times and also try to reach out and help them. Having said that you should not forget though uh, that the definition of hell is a place where Swedes are in charge of the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two aspects to everything, you know. Right. And may I also say before I start describing myself, Laura Lynn, that you yeah. are very well known and famous here in Scandinavia and people uh, subscribe to your programs, they watch them and they learn a lot from you. So thank you very much thank for you. what you have done and all your friends and technical help and all of that. Oh, well, that is turning wonderful. back to, thank oh, thank you. Uh, turning back to myself, my name is Ole Johansson and I am retired nowadays. I worked my whole life at the very famous Karolinska Institute here in Stockholm, Sweden, and also at the Royal Institute of Technology for some years. And as you know, they're both very closely associated with the famous Nobel Prizes of Physiology or Medicine, Chemistry and Physics. So I've had the great honor to meet a lot of Nobel laureates throughout the years I worked. But since about five years back, uh, I am retired and uh, my speciality is basic and applied neuroscience. So I know a little bit about the brain, the spinal cord and the nerves in our body and how they help us to get around in an ever-changing world. And um, 
I studied uh, during uh, the periods of 1970, 80 and 90, uh, the nervous system more and more so of human beings. And at the end already of the 1970s, I heard about, should we say odd cases of uh, persons claiming to get skin rashes, skin irritation, heart palpitations, uh, when they sat in front of the newly introduced personal computer screens. Um, and uh, that led uh, many years later on uh, to the definition of what is called the functional impairment electrohypersensitivity. And here in Sweden, people with this electrohypersensitivity, they are then recognized as a functionally impaired or disabled group and they get governmental subsidies, etc., etc. And uh, of course, having been engaged in this area for quite a number of years in the 1980s and 90s, it also became natural to expand the interest to a wider horizon, which I would call adverse health and biological effects of artificial electromagnetic fields, which is a long name for your Wi-Fi router, your cell phone for power lines, wireless baby alarms, wireless smart meters, etc. And I know you have covered some of these aspects before. Yes, and yeah. Um, yeah, we and we learned a lot. And for instance, uh, last year in March, uh, I remember I uh, was on a commuter train here in Stockholm uh, and traveling, and uh, next to me sat a very posh lady in her 60s, uh, uh, checking her smartphone. And since only you, Lauralyn, know who I am, you know, uh, people don't know that. So I uh, always take the opportunity to educate and inform. So I leaned forward and said to the lady that, do you know uh, that the World Health Organization in Geneva, in Switzerland, has actually cancer classified the radiation that comes to and from your cell phone. And she went very angry, I would say, you know, and yelled at me that I should mind my own business and I didn't know at all what I was talking about and blah, blah, blah. But I said, you know, stop, stop. You have this smartphone. Couldn't you please Google WHO? brain tumors and cell phones and just see if you find something in your smartphone and for a minute or two she went silent she did the googling and slowly she looked up at me and said well well it's 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 all here you you, you were completely right i'm so sorry sir that i became angry and yelled at you it's all here you know but now I get angry again, she said, not at you, but our, at our government and parliament and health authorities. Why have they not informed me about this? You see, I'm not only a mother, but also a grandmother. And last week I gave my granddaughter, who is 12 years of age, a new cell phone. And now I regret it. Uh, and what more happened, I don't know, because I had to leave the train. But this is very typical that scientists like myself we sit on a heap of knowledge but it's not always that it seeps through society and therefore again Laura Lynn 
programs like this are so extremely important uh, to, uh, should we say, put seeds into people's brains so they start thinking and thinking again, reading more and uh, trying to inform themselves as good as they can. Could I and ask I think, you... Um, if if yeah. uh, if if we have one of these, because this is I never put the phone up to my head. So if yeah. I've if I've got one of these, do you think I'm I'm safer? Yeah. Um, I try uh, to keep no, it. No, 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 because oh. um, um, you know you would be safe uh, if you move the phone away from your body, uh, and I guess you don't. Uh, you have it close to your body, maybe even in your hand. Right. And I remember 1998 at the conference in Göteborg, which is on the west coast of Sweden, called uh, Mobile Phones and Health. I asked the physicist exactly the question you ask me now. And I said, given all the research, and we're talking about 1998, so it's 24 years ago. And since then, we have got so many new studies and papers. Uh, but given the research data at the time, how far away on my desk should I place the cell phone away from my body to be on the side? And then he said the following, well, you know, it's a little bit hard to give an exact uh, figure here, but um, uh, let's say you put it five to 10 kilometers away. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh -oh. So people don't understand oh, the level or the strength of right. these gadgets. And, you know, when I give lectures, I generally start by asking the audience and I say, just imagine that we only talk about the third generation mobile telephony, not 4G, not 5G, not 2G, no Wi-Fi, no power lines, nothing. It's just that one. And I ask you how much more of such radiation uh, does your body get hit by today compared to like 30 years ago? Is it twice as much or three times as much? And the audience goes, hmm, well, maybe it's two times, three times. And I remember once there was an old man who said, no, 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 it's a lot more, you know, I would say a hundred times more. And the audience, they went, no, that's not possible. That would never be allowed, you know. But the answer, it's a quintillion times more. That's a one with 18 zeros behind. So the words astronomical exposure or colossal or biblical are too weak compared to reality. And since the radiation is invisible, we don't see it. People think about it. Uh, but of course, adding to this, uh, you can also add the type of question, who is actually responsible if something would happen? Uh, and um, uh, don't count on, for instance, your insurance or reinsurance company, uh, because they have uh, bailed out more than 20 years ago. Uh, so they, they take no form of responsibility and I remember I was at the conference in London 20 years ago in 2002. And then the insurance companies like Lloyd's UK, um, uh, who is the largest insurance dealer in the world, uh, and also uh, Swiss Rea, which is the largest reinsurance company in the world, they said that for them, uh, the question was not whether it was dangerous or not, 
They knew that the radiation was dangerous. The question was only who is going to pay for this in the future when people are craving compensation at courts of law and they didn't part of that. So therefore they have accepted, exempted uh, any form of responsibility for health effects of electromagnetic fields. And tell me, again, tell me something. Um, would, wouldn't it be a brilliant idea if some entrepreneur, uh, and maybe they already have it, but comes up with a, a case that blocks all radiation, you know, so oh, that yeah. you have your phone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's maybe the next way that we go because people can't live without their phones. Uh, they're probably not willing to give them, they're, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll keep it away from me and I'll, I'll be more careful right after hearing uh, the professor talk about this, but they know yeah. that they need the, the necessity of it for business and, and life. Yeah, yeah. There, there are a number of such cases, as you say, and the one that immediately springs to my mind is maybe the best of them all. And that's actually a small Swedish company called RP of Sweden as one word, RP, which stands for Radiation Protection of Sweden, but RP of Sweden as one word, dot com. Uh, and there you can order. Uh, and as far as I know, they ship everywhere in the world. I know they have sent such cases to Canada and also to the United States. So that's a possibility, but there are also other cases. And the thing is that you need to really verify and they have done it independently, not themselves, but the company in Finland have done the measurements. And uh, these cases will reduce the radiation somewhere between 70 to 99%. Uh, some even remove 99.9% .9 of the radiation without impairing the battery lifetime or the connectivity. So they're wow. quite good. And in addition, uh, you get a shockproof uh, case for your cell phone, a fireproof and so on. Uh, so that's definitely a very good idea. And so, yeah, please, that's something for everyone. That sounds really good. And uh, JT's actually looking that up and we'll be able to put that on the screen. Um, I, I think that we have to take this pretty seriously. We need to take our health seriously and the implications. Many people sleep with their phones right beside their head. And uh, I have like a, uh, I've been putting it in a little drawer, but that's maybe not even good enough. Um, so we're we, we we need to heed what you're saying yeah and also i would say that uh, and i saw just a few days ago uh, a similar call from a colleague in finland that we need to gather all the experts at the in the same room and sit together with concerned parents and uh, activists campaigners and so on and uh, develop the research project scheme to answer these questions. And um, to be honest, I'm not that afraid actually regarding human health uh, because people like electrohypersensitive persons, they will of course not buy and use a cell phone because they cannot stand the radiation. So they will automatically have a normal avoidance behavior just as you would step away from a poisonous snake or something. So they are doing their best. And of course, for the rest of us, there could be risks, but they seem to yet be small. But what I'm very, very much concerned about are 
effects on other types of living organisms, such as uh, bacteria, for instance, plants, uh, insects, especially so-called pollinators like honeybees, uh, and many more, and also coming back to humans and other animals, uh, sperm cells and fertility. Uh, and as you know, nowadays, uh, I saw an article about um, fertility and the future, and the woman who wrote it said that maybe we're looking at the uh, panorama in the future uh, that by 2050, uh, most couples need to have assisted uh, fertilization because they cannot get pregnant otherwise. Wow. The sperm cell count and quality and motility has decreased so dramatically. I know Tucker Carlson has been talking about this on Fox News. Like, why is the testosterone level so low? Uh, what is going on that in, indeed yeah. something like what you're talking about might be coming? Could it be that it's as simple as the phones? That's what's been introduced in yeah. the phones. Yeah. Are, we're wearing, yes. you know, yes. guys put them in their pocket. Yes. Uh, and um, uh, I've even written an article about this, you know, warning people to really stay away from it. And especially men, of course, but the same goes for women, especially young girls uh, and, and teenagers and young women who are in the um, developing fertile age and they really want to protect their egg cells. So that's the same. And um, again, I would love to be able to say that no, everything is safe, but unfortunately, given all the publications in controlled and peer review based scientific journals, I cannot. This is a culprit that needs to be quickly investigated. And we are trying, and I saw previously that you showed our fundraiser call. Uh, we are trying to uh, collect money to do some I hope good research and smart uh, investigations and to do them quickly, but we need of course support and being uh, retired, it's very difficult to apply for money from the governmental funds and so on. We have tried that as well, but they always point to that we are not uh, working at an academic institution. So that's difficult, but we would love to do it. Yes. Well, it's very important. Um, and it just strikes me that that this could be far bigger, um, you know, than we're really thinking about. We're all going about our lives. We're holding our phones nonstop, talking on the phone. We've got it sitting yeah. on our lap. You know, we're we're never without yeah. it. And um, yeah. what are we doing? Not not only that, but what about ADHD? I mean, you know, oh, I, yeah. I think yeah. that I'm already sort of a scattered person. I mean, ask my teachers in school. It was just a nightmare trying to get me settled down. And now, you know, you, you might be reading a very important email, but of course you have three dings that come in. You know, someone's yeah. texting you, so another emails come in that you go, oh, another yeah. signal and, and you're all over the map. Yeah. And maybe, you know, that's the reason why Chinese schools do not allow the pupils or students to bring their cell phones into the classroom because as you know china has a very simple business model they just want to buy it all including canada and sweden and whatever and then they need of course pupils and students that are razor sharp and only devoted to what the teacher says not looking at any games or surfing or emails or whatever. So therefore, no way they can bring it into the classroom. 
in Sweden, they could bring whatever into the classroom, unfortunately. So as you say, the concentration goes down and there are even scientific studies clearly pointing to uh, that both the concentration as well as short-term memory is decreased when you're exposed as a boy or a girl, you know. Yes. So to parents, I, take it, take this, uh, yeah, this very away. seriously, I would say, oh. yeah. It's like the cat's out of the bag, you know, and you don't know how to bring it back in because I know I held off and held off when my kids were teenagers to the very, very end. I was like one of the last parents, you know, and I was getting beat on by my kids basically saying, everybody else has one, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that was very, that's a difficult pressure that you have to go through. But I met a fellow at the airport last night. He's 18 years old. And um, he said by far, and he looked at me and he said, the worst thing that happened to him was he got a cell phone. And he said, I lost all my innocence when I got the cell phone. Yeah. I was able to look yeah. up and kids have no, you know, filter that they just do whatever they want. And he, he yeah. got into, well, game playing and also porn yeah. and all kinds yeah, of yeah. things that totally ruined his life. So on every facet, yeah. these things have actually become a nightmare to our society and yeah and we don't know how to to do without it now in business now that, but that that has yeah that has always surprised me you know that church towers allow uh, commercial companies to put base stations antennas on them relaying exactly what you said now yes. porn violence death uh, a, a morality and so on you know Yes. How could they? I don't understand this. It's just that they will get a few dollars to renting this space out, but they shouldn't. They shouldn't do that because they are really helping the devil, I would call it. And I also love your expressions, the cat out of the bag, because um, I don't know if you see, I'm scratched on my nose because I'm, um, or what you say in English, I take care of my neighbor's cat for a week while they are away on holiday. And the cat is very lively, I would call it, you know. So he, he is definitely out of the bag. <laughs> oh, man, I don't even like cats, so I get it. Oh, you uh, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, yeah, I've been attacked by a cat before. Um, my husband's first cat. So um, I'm just wondering, uh, as well, you are highlighting something going on in the world with respect to bees. And... Uh, I'd love to hear what's going on. This is actually very important. Yeah, it is. And you know, already 2017, it was reported here in Europe, in Germany, that they had lost around 75% of all pollinators, all categories. And it really made headlines, you know. And uh, last year, it was reported from the United States that they had lost more than 90% of bumblebees. And this year from Canada, it's reported that more than 90% of honeybees are lost. And uh, well, it's so odd. I talked with a man in Borneo in Southeast Asia just a few days ago, and he works and lives in the jungle. And you know, in the jungle, you have insects, but he said, there are so few left. Even there, you know, there is a big decline. And to make a long story short, scientists have done studies where they have introduced, for instance, a cell phone to a beehive. Then the queen 
wakes up, collects her worker bees, moves out and doesn't return. Uh, so they obviously don't like this exposure. And we have done similar studies with ants and the same happened uh, when we placed a cell phone under uh, the big, big table where they uh, stayed and lived. They would move their toilet and put it on top of the cell phone, which was under the table. They couldn't see it in any way, you know, uh, and they moved away their babies right across as far as possible uh, away from this radiation source. And um, some of the studies needs to be replicated, done again, because there are uh, fair question marks, rightful criticism of some of the details. Again, this is on our uh, wish list in our fundraiser call. And last year we did a preliminary study here in Sweden in the summer uh, and looked at uh, bees uh, in, in uh, a beehive um, uh, area. Um, and we need to continue this, of course. And the interesting part of that study was actually the lunchtime when the lady farmer told us that, you know, you can never put um, beehives under a power line. No, I said, why not? Well, then the volume and quality of the honey goes down. What? I said, does everyone know this? Well, maybe not everyone, she said, but all beekeepers, they know this. But this is sensational, I said. Uh, you mean it's an impact from the electromagnetic fields? Yes, yes, yes. And then you should remember that the power line, maybe 50 meters above uh, yourself and the uh, beehives, is very, very weak compared to the power frequent magnetic fields from your cell phone because you have it in your hand or on your body. So very strong fields. Uh, so again, it fits together as pieces in a jigsaw puzzle. And um, uh, let's see, two months ago, I went on a field trip to France and I interviewed people and it was the very same week when the Nobel Prize in Literature was announced. So I started asking French people in trains, trams, buses, on squares, restaurants, uh, coffee shops and so on. Have you read anything about uh, by Annie Arnaud? Hardly anyone knew who she was. And very, very few French people knew that. But the second question regarding the decrease of pollinators, 100%, everyone was aware of the enormous decrease of insects in France. And one young lady at the restaurant she was sitting with a crowd of maybe 20 people. She even started to cry and said that she couldn't understand what would happen with her children in the future and her grandchildren. And she said, what should they actually eat? And on the internet, there is a very famous photograph from an American food store, a big food store. You see these shelves, endless shelves with fruits, nuts, vegetables, of all kinds. Um, and then they remove everything uh, that is dependent on pollinators. And after that, the store is practically empty. So again, it's a fair question to ask. Uh, in the future, 
what will people actually eat and how will it be produced? If you don't have the pollinators, honeybees, houseflies, butterflies, bumblebees and so on, who should do the job oh to give you apples, for instance? It, it could be catastrophic, could it not? Like, yeah, yeah. It would, I mean, what would we do? How would we yeah. replicate the work of the honeybee? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is so devastating. When you talk about Canada, you're talking about 90% yeah. of the bumblebees? Yeah, that was the honeybees in Canada. Honeybees. United States, the bumblebees. Okay, and they... I and guess, um, these are official reports. Uh, so, and, and it's really shocking, as you say, because with all due respect, um, people spend time, as you said before, surfing the internet, watching porn and whatever. But do we really have time for that? Uh, the oh. clock is ticking faster and faster. And I'm just waiting for uh, that people will start announcing that all insects are gone. And for instance, here in Sweden, um, you know, when you went to a gas station like 30, 40 years ago, they would have a sponge, a bucket of water, and one of these rubber scrapers uh, so you can clean your windshield. Many years ago, they took them away because no one is asking for them any longer and you don't see any insects. And in the summertime, I ride a motorcycle. And if I go away for, let's say, 150 kilometers, coming back to my home, yeah, if I'm lucky, I could have like one spot or one insect being crushed towards my jacket. And I remember my uncle, he said that in the 1950s, if they went away a distance like this, they would have to sort of scrape off all the dead insects because wow. there were so many and so that's, that's exactly serious. what people report everywhere you know oh my goodness well that that is very disturbing and very shocking of it course, is here here in canada there we've got the largest cricket factory so somewhere they're somehow getting a lot of crickets and putting them in our food and trying to sneak little bugs into our food uh but this is the whole other side of the coin that yeah. that we're destroying our world in this way. Um, um, Professor could could I ask quickly add, you know, yeah, sure. uh, it's interesting. In my family, we have an old cottage. It's around 360 kilometers southwest of Stockholm. And I go down there and cut grass and whatever. And uh, around me, there are only farm fields. And with a whole variety of different crops being and sowed and harvested. But I've noticed, and I even went to one of the farms and asked him uh, that they only basically have like corn, wheat, that kind of things. And I asked him why. And he said, well, that's simple. You know, there are no insects any longer. So we cannot have all of these other crops. But for instance, wheat is wind pollinated. It doesn't need any insects. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Here we go goodness. again, I said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you adapt to a harsh economic and practical reality, but right. should we only feed school kids bread? Right. So so why, why has Sweden had this problem? Do you know why Sweden in particular? Uh, my husband and it, I It's not in particular here. No, no, no. Wait, wait. No, yeah. no. Uh, Sweden, we are at around 75, 80% loss 
So we are behind Canada and the United States. You are more than 90%. Okay. So you are in a real pickle, I would say. Because I know, well. We are too. Right, right. And I don't know how to compare 1950 to now, but I do know in some parts of the States when we drive through, we just have to clean our bugs off off the window nonstop. So that must be a certain very, um, you know, uh, a, a part that has a lot of them. And I think when we went through Saskatchewan, JT, would you say is that where we had to clean the, the windows off a lot? Um, but I don't know how to compare to what was, but this is very And, and also, you know, yeah. And, and also there could be other types of insects as well as other exposure situations, yeah. other types of base stations, antennas, towers, and so on. And I got recently from Canada, I have a fantastic gentleman uh, who sends information to me and he actually asked me uh, in his yard, basically all the small birds had disappeared the last years and he couldn't understand why. He tried to feed them with seeds and whatever. And I said, well, have you checked uh, for insects? Well, they are gone too, he said. Well, there you have the combination. Actually, the insects went first. And then there is nothing for these small birds to eat because they forage on insects. So, yeah, they are gone. So and they will bringing, not return. You're bringing to my remembrance uh, a lady that we had on not too long ago regarding everything we're talking about right now. And she was saying that over in Nanaimo, which is in British Columbia, uh, that she was asking, where are all the birds? Because the birds are yeah. gone. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. word. This is And, and we see it here in Sweden, too. And the kind of stories we talk about now, I get from every corner of the world. Everyone is reporting the same. And of course, everyone is exposed. And especially when we move to the fifth generation, but also the third and fourth generation mobile telephony, the wavelength is exactly the size of bumblebees, honeybees, and so on. And in, in professional language, we call that body resonant um, wavelengths. So they fit exactly with these insects and will deliver all the energy to them. And so, we said before, we are talking about colossal levels of exposures. As, as a scientist then, uh, Professor, um, understanding these things, what, what should the world be doing then? Well, they should be listening to you and your programs to start with. And in them, you might have a Swedish professor now and then, and he can tell them some interesting parts. And of course, for concerned parents, for instance, for lay persons, for people with electrohypersensitivity, there is a lot to read and educate yourself, inform yourself and start asking you the simple questions is it more important for me to be able to surf the internet or for my future grandchildren to eat apples? Yes. Oh my word. Well, you're, you're, you're bringing the crux of, uh, our modern day, uh, problems, you know, to light because, uh, we're all so dependent on our phones and we don't exactly yeah, yeah. know how to do life without them. And that's terrible. Yeah, it really is. But we and talked before about. Yes. This uh, case company, RP of Sweden, 
Um, and there are other similar companies like that. And what I'm waiting shares. for, shares, yeah, in them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. But what I'm waiting for is, of course, that someone will come up with tomorrow's green, human, and environmental friendly technology uh, for telecommunication or under form of communication to solve these questions. Uh, but again, we then need, of course, now today to sit down. Uh, with uh, a bunch of scientists, medical doctors, experts on fertility, uh, beekeepers, laypersons, activists, campaigns, everyone needs to sit down and come up with the questions we need to solve at latest tomorrow, I would say. Yes, yes. Um, professor, before we let you go, uh, I was curious to uh, ask you a little bit about COVID and the progression. Yeah. Could you just inform us of your country? Because it's so interesting. Uh, Sweden yeah. did not lock down and you virtually nope. changed nothing of your life for COVID. Can you tell us yeah. sort of how that panned out for your country? And also yeah. uh, if you've embraced the vaccine there or not? Um, to make a long story short, um, personally, when Corona hit Sweden, I didn't change, as you say, anything. I had worked my whole life next to the Department of Virology, where they have some very dangerous viruses like Ebola and so on. And I had never seen them behave uh, in such a way as the rest of the world started to behave. So I felt something was maybe even fishy. Uh, and the rest of Sweden, the public health authority, government and parliament took it um, with calm, I would say, calmness, composed calmness. Uh, and uh, recommendations uh, were like? given to, yeah, to people. Uh, and, uh, but they were really recommendations. There were no soldiers or police officers or anyone uh, forcing you to do anything. And I personally, I traveled, I, I even traveled abroad. Uh, I went to stores, to pubs, to um, music, um, uh, entertainment, to bowling alleys, to whatever. And they were open and uh, we were having a good time. And if you look on the death statistics, uh, for instance, last year, 2021, uh, there were even less dead in Sweden than anticipated from the average the last five or 10 years. Amazing. So you don't see any real impact. And uh, then people did embrace vaccination and vaccines for various reasons. There are people that have voluntarily said, no, I don't want to have a vaccine and that's fine. They could do whatever they want to. There is no repercussions. I think you say in English, uh, they could do whatever they want to. Uh, so uh, it's fine. And in the beginning, of course, in 2020, people talked about um, uh, or what you say, um, um, uh, immunity in the, the group, immunity, you know, um, and so that if one got ill and spread it to the others, then they all got immunity. And in September that year, uh, I got a bad flu, which a Swede, maybe a Canadian too, would get every year, you know, that's nothing new. Uh, and I was ill for three weeks. But I was out at least three times every day spreading the viruses to everyone so that they would get this um, um, herd um, immunity. Uh, and, um, and, uh, Doing your part. So I did my, <laughs> yeah, I did my part. 
But then the next year, 2021, <laughs> uh, the shift had been that instead you should vaccinate yourself. Again, nothing new really for Swedes. Uh, so I think people went there and I have not heard about any vaccine damage. And you know, in Sweden, the health authorities are very, very accurate and on their toes. So they have um, produced, published information and there were cases that they followed very closely, for instance, deaths, uh, whether they could be to the vaccine or not. But the conclusion at the very end of the day was that no, there wasn't any cases to be found. So that, that, that was is false. very interesting to me. And I'd love to know more about that. Uh, and maybe we can stay in touch and follow this because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're having a tremendous problem. We have many dead doctors, in fact, after especially the third and fourth dose. I wonder if yeah. that could be a correlation that you just take too many um, and why you haven't seen harms. And I don't know what percentage of the country bothered with vaccines if if COVID was not really a big deal. Well, here, yeah, I know that here, I think it's over 90% of the population are vaccinated. Say. And yeah. you're stating and that you're not seeing harms and deaths no. in in any great number. Um, and, no. and you feel they would be reported? Oh, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. And okay. uh, the, the system here like works very nicely. That. And do yeah, you, I did mean, you have the no, Pfizer no system. and Moderna? Yes, yeah. And no system is of course perfect. They could have missed single cases, but um, no, I've not heard about any such. And uh, people, I mean, you talk to people in the elevator, in the food store and so on, no one is uh, mentioning any stories like that. Okay. And because... if there would have been extra yeah. deaths among, for instance, physicians, we would have read about it because here media is on it immediately, you know. So, okay, so do it, you think your media is more uh, honest than our media? Because our media lies. We have four dead kids after vaccination in Alberta. We have six dead yeah. children um, in yeah. British Columbia. Um, and our media doesn't report on the dead doctors. They're not reporting on the harms. Um, so what, um, would it be different yeah. in Sweden? Um, you know, you put me in a very difficult situation yes. because I love Canada and I love United States of America and all the people that I meet and talk to. But um, I have been many times in Canada and many times in the US. And when I, for instance, switch on the television or listen to the radio, uh, the news um, reporting is um, very different if I say like that, uh, compared to Sweden. And um, I don't think you have all these, um, uh, oh, what do you call it, governing authorities that would uh, get reports um, if someone was trying to lie, for instance, uh, that wouldn't go down well. And there's a lot of digging journalism here as well uh, in on uh, the, the public TV, and they are doing a beautiful job. Um, and um, and also, you know, when when I heard about, for instance, Australia, United States, New Zealand, Canada, and the draconian measures, I, I didn't believe my ears. Oh. I thought, no, 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 I this know. is not possible. 
Th this must themselves. be some grim joke, uh, a, a bad joke actually, very bad and grim joke. But then I realized that no, this is it. They are doing this. Uh, so it's a huge difference. And for the first time in my life, I actually said, it's good to be a Swede. <laughs> well, we all think Sweden's pretty cool. Uh, so oh, thank you. <laughs> you have beautiful women and handsome men. Um, I, well, you know, I really appreciate, yeah, I, I appreciate this information. Uh, it's a bit confusing to me because we are, uh, we have doctors sounding the alarm about the shots now. I don't know if, are you on to third and fourth boosters in Sweden or just one shot, uh, two shots? Yeah, we are on number five or six even, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally having a, a confused moment and I know all my viewers are as well. Because of course, um, and, and you yes. know, I get very good information from colleagues, not only in Canada and the US, but also here in Europe. And let's put it like this, for me as a scientist and as a citizen of a democracy, and I call Canada and US and Sweden the same, we are democracies. And I must I find it odd that ordinary people's ordinary and rightful questions are not answered in an honest way by authorities, governments, parliaments, and media. Um, and there are even questions here in Sweden that has been swept under the carpet, I would call it. And I don't like it. I'm not taught to behave like that. If someone asks me something, I will either say, I don't know, or I will find the answer, or I will say, yes, I know this. I can tell you. Professor, I, so I I'm would used like, yeah, I, I would love to task you with a little bit of um, digging if you have the time, but um, some, so some comments are coming in. Uh, and uh, first of all, we hear that our Facebook is a little bit, uh, it's, it's getting a bit uh, spotty here and there for whatever reason. So we hope that that's not something Facebook's doing to us as we talk very, um, very honestly about all of this. But somebody in the comments has said that your life insurance has gone up. What did it say? Oh, ours is up. Ours is up 40%. Yes. So life insurance, that's sort of the way you can tell. Life insurance companies don't like to pay out. Do you have life insurance in Sweden? So, sorry to ask. Yes. That. Just, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's very cheap and it hasn't gone up. And uh, also when we call undertakers, uh, they don't point to any extra huge numbers of coffins being ordered or anything like that. Okay. Uh, so there are indirect ways to also view this. And one thing that should be also uh, understood, if you look, and I've done it together with a colleague here in Sweden, for the last two, three years on public health, all types of illnesses. And to make again, a very long story short, Swedes are either having a flat line, we are healthy or becoming more healthy. And the only part where you see a decrease in health parameters is mental health in young people, especially young women and girls. And the reason for that is not vaccines or electromagnetic fields. It's the way they get 
their life presented on social media. Uh, so that's a behavioral issue, but it's serious. And the government and parliament takes it very seriously as well, as do health authorities here in Sweden. Um, so they're working have, on it. And do you have any doctors in Sweden that you're hearing of that are stating anything other than what you're saying? And, and maybe they're... Oh, oh yeah. Um, you would find um, maybe one or two such medical doctors Okay. Uh, and their claims are very interesting, I must say, again, adding to the unanswered questions. But at the same time, and I know I'm really sticking my head out here. Yes. Some of their claims are like Elvis Presley is still alive and lives in Alberta. <laughs> it's hard to really okay, so believe. What you're saying, some of, yeah, right. What you're saying is they're making some people are sticking their neck out and they're making claims and it's like a conspiracy theory and you know yeah you, you, you chalk it up to but um, yeah okay yeah. And, and but you need of course to investigate their claims and see what's in it okay. uh, and uh, i say Straight again up. you know the registries here in sweden are very good and it's very very difficult to do something in secrecy here uh, it will right. be found so okay I'll give you that. So um, just to just to push a little bit um, on this because this is very different. Uh, we have Dr. Peter McCullough, like you know, world renowned, uh, one of the oh, most yeah. published yeah, yeah. doctors of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is calling this the biggest disaster of all time. So is it? Let me ask you this because I don't want to get you in trouble, but. Is it very bad in Sweden to be an anti-vaxxer? Is it considered, um, you know, that it's not it's not no, no, politically no. correct? No, no, no. You can be whatever you want to. Okay. Yeah, that's not the problem. Or not to take vaccines. It's up to you, and no one will hunt you down or anything like that. And there's no there's no assault against the unvaccinated. No. Why should there be? Well, here, um, I don't know. JT, could you go to the World Health Organization uh, uh, on Twitter and prepare the video that I've... Uh, I, actually, I just put it on Facebook. If you could even play it right off my Facebook. The World Health Organization is basically uh, coming out against anyone who hasn't taken the vaccines. I outed this yesterday. It's actually... It's right below this, JT. On my Facebook, you will see the entire ad. I play it. I, it's called a message from the World Health Organization, and I think it's on the other um, Facebook that, that you're on right now. Because what's happening, Professor, is we are being very assaulted if we've chosen not to get the vaccine. I did have COVID. My whole family's had COVID. Uh, we chose not to do this, and many, many have chosen not to, but they are being mistreated in in quite an interesting way through the world health organization and it's very politically incorrect yeah here yeah to, to not yeah vaccinated. could i just add to you know when more than 90 percent vaccinated uh, the rest will be automatically heard immunized so um there is no problem you know and uh, it's really up to each person um to decide for themselves uh, what they want to do and it's not a mandatory vaccine here 
And for instance, um, last year when I went to West Africa, I took a lot of vaccines and some of them are mandatory, for instance, for yellow fever. Yes, I've and some that. you really want to have. Uh, and um, then I remember I asked uh, the medical doctor if I shouldn't take also the COVID vaccines. And she said, you know, Ole Johansson, uh, the countries you are going to visit, uh, they have real diseases, so you don't need to, but you should check if they have that as an entry demand into the country. None of the African states I went to had it, uh, but um, that's of course important. It's up to every country to also decide yes. what kind of measures they want to have uh, for you to enter such a country. But again, when I read some of the media uh, stories about or, or from Canada, for instance, it's shocking. Uh, I mean, wow, uh, you live like in a prison, I would call it, and a, a rather grim prison, and it's far from democracy. And I hope uh, your um, Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, will not hunt me down now for saying this, but uh, I think uh, your country is um, or has been at least sliding slightly away from democracy. Oh, you got, it's been running. It's been in a race away from democracy and we find oh, yeah. it very challenging. And in fact, uh, even uh, our prime minister is being spoken of across the world in very derogatory terms. So I don't think they'll hunt okay. you down, sir. Uh, they'll, they've got a lot of people that they're, you know, that uh, Canada is um, on their radar and they're seeing that they're doing very bad things. Uh, but part yeah. of that is our concern that they have been pushing these. Have they been pushing the vaccines or let me just put it this way. Have they been uh, wanting the children of Sweden to be vaccinated, including six months and up? Um, Swedes are not uh, happy in general to do, allow kids to take too many vaccines. So it's a huge difference compared to North America, for instance, where you really give them vaccines. Uh, and I haven't heard of any such mandatory ideas for children or anything. It's, it's up to the parent to decide together with the child. And uh, so, I, no, I don't think so. But, okay. you know, I don't have children, so I should be a little bit careful here. But right. I've not yeah, heard about anything. You might not anything. have been really following up on this. This is a fascinating yeah. discussion. Sir, if you have but, a moment. But, you know, I have... I have but, neighbors that do yeah. have one-year-olds and they have not mentioned anything about this. So I doubt it. I, I hope not uh, because we've been doing that here and the harms are showing. I want to show you the World Health Organization. Two days ago, yeah. the World Health Organization put this out. Listen very carefully to the propaganda against those who've decided quite simply, I'll take my chances and I'm... I've survived COVID and I don't want to get a, a shot. Um, take a look. Uh, so we're not. 200,000 Americans yeah, needlessly okay, lost their lives because they refused a COVID a vaccine, even after vaccines became widely available. It's okay. Just kind of stop it and then. Yeah. There we go. We have to recognize that anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression, 
has now become a major killing force globally. During the COVID pandemic in the United States, 200,000 Americans needlessly lost their lives because they refused the COVID vaccine, even after vaccines became widely available. And now the anti-vaccine activism is expanding across the world, even into low and middle income countries. It's a killing force. Anti-science now kills more people than things like gun violence, global terrorism, nuclear proliferation, or cyber attacks. And now it's become a political movement. In the U.S., it's linked to far extremism on the far right, same in Germany. So this is a new face of anti-science aggression. And so we need political solutions to address this. So we need political solutions to address this anti-science aggression. Uh, what we do know from the science that's coming out is that, um, that Pfizer themselves knew that this would affect pregnant women, that it would affect babies, that myocarditis would be an issue, that heart attacks would be an issue. We're now seeing a rise, a massive rise in what's called turbo cancer. We're seeing suddenly, um, sudden adult death syndrome happening and uh, we're all beginning to experience uh, knowing someone who's dying before their time. And they're calling, if you just simply do not want to take the shot, anti-science aggression. And the harms are actually very visible. And this week we will have John O'Looney from the UK, who is a undertaker, who is pulling uh, large things from the autopsy bodies, these large sinewy things, that's, that's happening with uh, people doing autopsies all over the world. And yeah. Well, not, not in Sweden, you know, so uh, we don't see anything of that. I've got a lot of questions around it and I've not encountered any such reports. That's I've heard so nothing from colleagues. Uh, so uh, maybe, maybe we are medical Vikings or something, I don't know. Uh, but uh, we don't see it here at all. Uh, so, uh, but again, you know, this is interesting because there are fair questions. And even if these questions may be silly and away from a science point of view, they need to be addressed and answered. And here in Sweden and much more so in other countries, uh, the responsible people just turn their backs on ordinary people. And I don't like it. Uh, they should face them and they should answer their questions. And that's the good thing here that people can actually send a question to a public health authority and get an answer back. Uh, even they can call them, they could meet them in person and whatnot. Yes. And, uh, but still, it needs to be improved, I would say. Uh, and then, of course, if, if we think about taking a vaccine to be an anti-science uh, approach, I cannot um, agree uh, because it, it's not a big thing from that point of view. Uh, so I don't see the connection really to science and anti-science. Uh, but of course, you do take a risk. It's a little bit like a smoker. He or she will take a risk and on average, a smoker will shorten their life span by 11 minutes per cigarette. And that means an average of four years is lost. 
and Not that's undisputable. But of course, it's up to the person to decide, do I want to buy a cigarette and smoke it or not? Uh, the question is rather the passive smoking, uh, the people around this smoker, will they be as happy as he is when he smokes? Uh, and that has been a long debate here in Sweden, for instance. And nowadays it's a lot of um, bans on smoking. It's very difficult to be a smoker in Sweden, you know. Well, and then, yeah. yeah, it's a good thing because Cause the science is there. Society has calculated. Yeah, uh, society has calculated the ups and downs. And I lack them when it comes to COVID-19 and vaccines. I don't see exactly where the balance is. Is it up here or up there? I don't know. Uh, and I would like to see it. And I'm have a huge respect for uh, different other scientists. I'm not an expert on this, uh, yes. but others are, and, and, and I, there are question I marks. I appreciate just the, the talk uh, that we're having. Um, I, I have an honest question uh, about if maybe you're not tuned in to those who might be sounding an alarm, because that's just not your field. And I, I have a personal quest now to see who in Sweden might be sounding the same kind of alarms that they're sounding here. And it just might be that, that you're focused on other things and you're not tuned in because we, we have many doctors here in Canada who have no clue what we're talking about when we say that we believe there's injuries from the vaccines. And then we have the other doctors who said, I've been in the um, emergency ward. I know exactly what's going on. I've seen the harms, I've studied the harms and they're very alarmed. So we do actually have exactly this two-dimensional yeah, yeah. thing happening at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But I nonetheless yeah. appreciate this conversation, sir. And it was very uh, honest. And, you know, we, we weren't going to uh, really, this wasn't a topic, but I'm fascinated by your perspective. I really yeah. am. And as I said, yeah, as I said before, uh, for the first time, maybe it was better to be a swede than a canadian <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. because yeah <laughs> you had me. some brutal measures <laughs> uh, and i saw videos with police charging homes and workplaces and so on that would be an enormous scandal in sweden you know the, all the police officers would be really relieved from their job immediately and uh, they cannot do anything like that i want to be more like you guys i'm telling you <laughs> that's fantastic well, stay that way guard it but you you have already forgotten what i said about hell uh, it's a place where swedes are in charge of the entertainment <laughs> you know so be careful what you wish for right. Right. I get it. <laughs> Sir, you're so you're so wonderful and delightful and we've kept you on longer than we thought we would and it's late for you. I just thank you for this uh, interesting discussion. Thank you for notifying us about the bees, the insects. I think this yeah, is thank you very much and the birds. Yeah, and I tell doing. all your viewers and listeners if they can please uh, support our research. Yeah. Uh, you have the address here. And you can either use PayPal, which is very quick and easy, or you can do a direct bank transfer. And no gift is too small. No gift is too small. We need it. That is wonderful. And we've had it at the bottom of the screen there, right under your name. Uh, and uh, we, we do ask uh, anybody who has a heart for this, absolutely support your work. 
Thank you very much, sir. Have a great night and a good evening. And well, thank I hope you. that you fall asleep right away because yeah. it's very late. Yeah, there. it's thank an you. honor to be with you, Laura Lynn. It's really an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you, Professor. Take care. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Well, I found that very interesting, didn't you? I liked just the, I don't sense he's trying to be deceptive at all. I think he's telling us the truth from his perspective. So it does make me wonder what's going on in Sweden. And um, I'd like to pursue that, JT. I'm going to investigate that. Yeah, we're going to Sweden. We're going to Sweden. Pack the bags, everyone. <laughs> we're, we're off. Dr. Oli's going to be in charge of entertainment, just yeah, so you know. Dr. Oli, yeah, yeah he'll, be, he'll be in so, charge of entertainment. Nothing but ABBA. <laughs> nothing but ABBA. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. Thank you. Now, do you have a couple of videos? Could you just roll it? Because I think my paper fell down. Just, just roll them. Smart cities. These are coming to a, a city near you. Take a look. How about this one? People counting. You want to take a deep dive into your dystopian future under the digital surveillance state. It's right here. This little board here tells you how many times uh, people have come through the park. Essentially, it tells you how many unconnected Wi-Fi devices there are in. So that would be everyone's phone. This is telling you how many people are in the park at the moment. So once again, imagine a, a lockdown scenario, another emergency, another COVID outbreak or monkeypox or, you know, whatever you like, you name it, we'll make it up. Six devices in this park at the moment, that's down 50% for normal. Your local government, your state government, your federal government might want it to be none. And this, this will tell you, these sensors up in this light, the Wi-Fi connections, they're all interlocked. There will be facial recognition cameras in there. So, you know, don't think you're just gonna leave your phone at home. The cameras will pick you up in future. All seems very innocuous, but the reality here is what we are seeing is the very real and very, very, in my view, concerning future for how we go. These areas are all going to be geofenced uh, and there's going to be more data about you out there and what you do per day. And I hear people saying, I've got no problem with any of this. I don't do anything wrong. Well, that all depends on whether or not your government has the same viewpoint as you. Uh, and we've seen this played out in the last 18 months through the COVID period. I've got to tell you, I don't like this at all. Looks pretty innocuous, but to me, there's a bigger, badder future that comes with it. Make sure you're thinking about this. Make sure you're talking to your friends about it and make sure you're telling your politicians that you don't want a social credit style system like currently rolling out uh, over in China with the CCP. We don't want to go anywhere near this. I have a bad feeling this is where we're headed. Doesn't that sum it up? I mean, we've kind of talked about these smart cities. They want to have a city wherein, you know, 15 minutes from you is your medical, your bank, uh, all the things that you might need, some restaurants, and so you don't need to travel. You just stay right where you are and keep that carbon footprint small. Don't enjoy life. Never, you know, go on vacations. Uh, just stay in where we can see you and spot you and keep an eye on you and then judge your, your carbon use and tax you according to that. And by the way, you know what? You don't really need to own that little plot of, of land that you're on because we'll, we'll take care of that. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. That is a fascinating, now I think that should be sent, that kind of video, could I just encourage you, I'm thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to send that, are you sneezing, you want me to give you the quiet, oh you're okay, all right, um, I'm going to send this to the people that are not really believers in everything that we believe in, 
you know, something like that. Isn't that a good, an interesting video? This is interesting about smart cities. You know how, how we're heading towards a place where facial recognition will be able to track us. So what we think now is, okay, if I don't want them to know where I am, for instance, in quarantine the last time we all went through that, right? We know that they tracked our phones. Bonnie Henry in, in the province of British Columbia, this is all admitted to, they tracked our phones. I bet my phone's phone was one of those that was tracked, but guess what? I had a Faraday case, so I could just go wherever I wanted, and they wouldn't even know where I was because my Faraday case stopped my phone from transmitting in or out. I couldn't even receive text messages when I've got the Faraday case, and everyone should have one. But they're, they're upping the game. They're always a little bit ahead of us. So now they're saying, well, we're going to know your face. And they do this in China. I mean... <laughs> I don't know how they track all the people in China and they have uh, facial recognition, but, can, you know, can you believe it? Like, they know every face in China. And so they know, they know within five minutes where you are and they'll find you because they're going to have all these cameras up. Like, this is where we're heading. Our, this is the new world that we can expect in the future. So none of us too happy about it. Why are we not happy about this? Because like he said, some, uh, some people will say, I don't do anything wrong, who cares? You know, it's, it's about does your government think you're doing something wrong? Does your government think that, um, that what and where you're going? Um, does your government approve of the church you're now attending? Where some of their views are anti-government. They're not supportive of the government agendas. You see, it's not about you thinking you're not doing anything wrong. It's about the government thinks you're doing something wrong. And now they've got you, don't they? And when you look at the word of God at the end times, and it says that unless the Lord shortened the days, no one would survive. We're clearly heading to a place that's going to be difficult. Now, like Bo Polney said, who was on my show last week and said, this is just the beginning of the end times. And in fact, we've got a great season coming and it's going to be one of, of, you know, wealth transfer and things like this. Well, that's a great season, but eventually watch for the things like this that are happening. Now, what about New Zealand? Uh, a New Zealand police state is going on. Take a look at this. Our Secret Service is launching an initiative to help us identify people who may have been radicalised. Know the Signs details dozens of indicators that a friend or family member could be planning a terror attack. As Adam Hollingworth reports, the move comes as our spy chiefs identify a new and worrying type of terrorism. Time was when the intelligence services were never seen, never heard. But now they're loudly proclaiming your country needs you to keep an eye on those you know, and if necessary, dob them in. Recognising a potential warning sign and then alerting NZSIS or police could be the vital piece in the puzzle that ultimately saves lives. To that end, they're publishing a guide called Know the Signs to help us all identify potential terrorists in our midst. To pay attention if they are, and to be alert so that if they see or hear about something that seems off, um, that worries them and concerns them, they might have a look at this information to say, 
Does this indicate to me that this person is on the road to actually committing an attack? The SIS has listed around 50 signs from obvious ones, like writing on a weapon, as happened in Christchurch, to... A person who is, who is really developing an us-versus-them worldview. Authorities say they're usually closely monitoring 40 to 50 potential terrorists. These people used to be motivated by their white identity or by their faith. But in the past six months, a third group has emerged, those motivated by politics. And so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, and so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, or it could be other policies that are interpreted as, as infringing on rights. Uh, and, and, and it's a, what I sometimes describe as a kind of hot mess of, of ideologies and beliefs, um, fueled by conspiracy theories, fueled by conspiracy theories. The launch of the initiative Know the Signs is an indicator that the security services know that they can't do it alone. They need the help of the public. But to some, the guide is a first step only. How do we upskill those people in our community who are much closer to people who might be potentially radicalised and get them to understand what it is they're seeing? That's our challenge. Oh my word. Did you see that? Their white identity. They just casually talk is is that racist to say their white identity um what if they're dark um and then you know really that this is about um their faith that they they mentioned it could be their faith do you know what i think is terrorist looking that woman's hairstyle that's pretty terrorist looking i mean can you make this stuff up why do they always look like villains She's got it all tightly pulled back and then the little upside down question mark in her forehead. That's terrorist hairstyle, I'll tell you that right now. I don't want to put you down, but it seems like you've got some crazy ideas that might be putting nice people in danger. This is all bizarre world and we're not making this up. So know the signs. Think on your neighbor. Do they seem to be going to that little church? Maybe that church is a cult. And that church, they like freedom. They're not really for listening to all the government mandates that, that, that are being put out. Could you please notify us of those crazy people? Did you see what the World Health Organization just put out? These are things, guys, don't stop sharing with those who didn't want to listen to you about the, uh, the shots. Start sharing these kind of videos with your friends and how you get this is right if you go to my Facebook or where else do we have the um, the flipboard listed because I know but how do they get the link to the flipboard it's on Facebook rumble if right so if you go to rumble or BitChute and you see this you'll be able to get all of the videos we've played today you'll have show resources it's called it takes you to our flipboard we give you access to all these videos right and we don't get any money from the government for doing this for you it's a labor of love so thanks for supporting us okay and we have another video oh Tulsi Gabber in the United States of America let's let's be aware of something the world is watching Trudeau and like-minded people to us know that he's a problem and he's a, a tyrannical leader and they're calling him out on it. Take a listen to, to Tulsi Gabbard. You have the autocratic leader in Canada who's resorted to genuinely authoritarian and tyrannical means 
to suppress a peaceful mass protest against the power elite there. Everything that we see happening up north, everything from the execution of emergency powers to the freezing of bank accounts, the seizure of children from parents, the destruction of livelihoods and small businesses, all of these things could happen here. So the question I ask myself in confronting all this is, what are they so afraid of? Who are they afraid of? You know the answer, it's simple. They're afraid of us. And they are, because we're discerners. And we see them coming a mile away. And we bow to one being alone, and that is the Sovereign Lord. And they don't like that. And the reason we bow to the Sovereign Lord is it is commanded in the Word of God that we would have no idols, that we would not bow to any man, and we would not be in fear of any man. So we will not be. We are in fear of God that we might disobey or, or disappoint our Lord. We live to serve him, to be righteous before him, to live godly lives. And in, in actual fact, uh, government, if you would embrace people like us, you'd have less crime. You'd have less sin. You wouldn't have a porn problem because we don't honor that. We don't want that. If you embrace Christian perspectives, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see as much debauchery in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's a few Christians that are pretty debaucherous. <laughs> We've all heard. Okay, but let's look at this. Um, why can't we talk about any of the sudden deaths that are happening? Do you know that the Director of Parliamentary Affairs at Health Canada, during the pandemic, he is now dead at 35 he led the team of Canada's response to COVID. <clears throat> Why is this so silent? It's been actually pretty hard to find this uh, in the news. And uh, this part that's yellow, during the challenging times of the pandemic, Adam was part of the leadership team that led Canada's health response. And Steve Kirsch and his substack was saying, how come we're not talking about this? And he points to all the obituaries that there are. Um, not only was there no press coverage, but no cause of death was listed. Um, <clears throat> very often and usually, they will say, he passed suddenly uh, by a heart attack or, you know, such and such has happened. And later today, uh, so this was a couple days ago, Steve Kirsch said, I will be throwing down the gauntlet. I will be challenging the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, to a debate. I want to see a debate. I want to see a debate between some of the, the key people who keep pushing this narrative and keep pushing um, their agenda for the world health problems that we've seen. I'd like to see a debate between Rochelle Walensky and Steve Kirsch. Um, so he says by, uh, that he'll be throwing down the, to settle um, on who is telling misinformation and who is not. For the CDC, it will be an opportunity for them to redeem their reputation, which is now in the toilet. Yes, it is. Which you can clearly see from the poll that I just did on Twitter. So he does, he does a poll on 
Who is spreading more misinformation about the COVID vaccines and COVID mitigation measures, such as masking, lockdowns, and social distancing? And at the very top, 91%, they voted for the CDC. So um, if we're having these sudden deaths, and we are seeing them, um, I think that we're going to have to move forward kind of assuming some things because they won't be telling us. They will not be putting the cause of death into obituaries, and we won't be seeing autopsies. We need more autopsies, especially on any dead kids. Children that have died should have autopsies, and God forbid, if that happens in your family, make sure you're doing due diligence to find out exactly what's happened and why. And the other concern that has come to my ears and to my email box repeatedly in the last few days has been the issue of vaccinated um, vaccinated blood potentially being something that we need to look into. Okay. Um, my website is lauralyn.tv. And all of this that we did for you here today, we do it out of the goodness of our hearts. And we do not have a boss who pays us. We bring you this so that you are aware. Um, the, the word of God says that without knowledge, the people perish. And we want you to have knowledge. Also, if you ever don't see me, uh, you can go to lauralyn.tv and find me. You're all, um, you're all moving over to Rumble and BitChute slowly. I can see that. <laughs> we have more people watching there every day. And th this is good. And while I love the platforms that we're on right now, if for any reason, you know, they give us a hard time or another ban, you know, for 30 days or whatever, just find us somewhere else. We're basically going to have to build new ways as much as we have appreciated uh, being able to share our lives on certain platforms. Um, you know, we're just trying to do what we feel is right, actually. We're not spreading misinformation. We're not anti-science aggressors. We actually love looking at the science. Do you know what's interesting? As soon as you start presenting the science to someone who says, oh, you've got it all wrong, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist, so you go, okay, well, what do you think about this study? What do you think about this and this? Then all of a sudden... Ah, they don't want to talk about it anymore. Ah, you know what this? Uh, you know I've got better things to do than sit and look at the facts. So uh, the other thing is, if you would like to protect your finances and get out of just having cash in the bank, everyone's saying that's not a good idea. You could invest in real estate. You could also invest in silver and gold. Very wise decisions right now. So we contact Steve Merrill for uh, anything like that. We've had him on the show. We trust Steve. He's got the word on the street about it, and he sees the um, he sees how the rise and fall has been over history, and he also knows that they are artificially keeping gold and silver low right now, especially silver. So if you'd like to invest in that, it's a good time. Sovereignize at protonmail.com. Steve said he made that word up. Sovereignize, kind of cool. Um, so I just thank you for joining me today, and. I'd like to read out the warning. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, the warning to rich oppressors. I'd like to read that to you. James 5. I think there should be some warnings. And I thank you all for joining me. It's a, a privilege and an honor to be spending time here every single day. 
and uh, we're all suffering in the cold in Canada. I bet it's cold everywhere. I haven't talked to my Ontario friend yet, but I bet it's All right, James 5. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. <laughs> your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Always keep your gold and silver in a safe form. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. I always think it's bad if people who are in pain and uh, people who have been harmed, when their cries reach the Father's ears, heaven hears them because the word of God says that he is close to the brokenhearted that he is attentive to the poor the brokenhearted and those who are experiencing pain he understands that because he's been there and he wants to be with them and to comfort them and those who have been mistreated and those who have been bullied and abused. God watches all of it. And I think when the cries of those reach the ears of God, it's probably not going to be the lesser's best day. Because God has ways justice that we can't even And He is a God of justice. There might be times when you as David did, he said, why does it appear that the heathens to be Prospering. Why is no justice brought to those who continue to, to do evil work after evil work? Why are they not brought to justice? And God's answer is always, I am the God of justice. In divorce, in his time, God hears the prayers and the cries of the oppressed, and he will answer them. I would hate to be the oppressor. I'd hate to be the one causing harm to any of God's children. I'd hate to be the one inflicting pain, injury, death on any member of human society. Why? Because God loves humans. And if there is a God, one should be careful. It does strike me that most people who really want to hurt mankind the depopulators, those who speak of such things, they're, um, they're not really ones to believe in Almighty God. They generally don't seek His counsel. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. God helped every one of them. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing.
but for some of us we feel that we have no choice because if we are silent about these abominable things then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that for those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement i am deeply grateful thank you for all the letters that you've been sending thank you for the donations and the support I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.